Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast. Lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Amen and amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. I told you it's going to be a great and a wonderful service. Just be very active in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Our test scripture is actually from the book of 1 Samuel 31 to 20. 1 Samuel 31 to 20. Well, I just want to quickly go through it. Otherwise, um, I would have started ministering immediately because of time again. But then, I just want us to get used to the story. I know you've been reading it over and over and over again, which I encourage you to keep reading because as you read it, you'll be getting deeper and deeper revelation. But I know there are some lazy ones among us that read their Bibles only on Sundays. Please don't do that. That is not good enough. All right? But then we just go through it and, um, you know, and we get better understanding. The Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 31, beginning, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burnt it with fire and had taken the women captive that were within they slew not any either great or small but carried them away and went on their way so David and his men came to the city and behold it was burnt with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive and David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly, David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his son and for his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abiathar brought hither the effort to David and David inquired at the Lord saying shall I pursue after this troop shall I overtake them and he answered him pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fear recover all so David went and he and his 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Besor where those that were left behind stayed they saw in the separation of the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> but David pursued, and he and his 400 men for 200 abode behind that were so faint that they could not go over the brook beside. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a of a cake of fig and two clusters of raisins and when he had eaten his spirit came again to him and for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water these three days and three nights and David said unto him to whom belongest thou and when art thou and he said I am a young man of Egypt servant to an Amalekite and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick we made an invasion upon the south of the Cheritites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burnt Ziglag with fire. And David said unto him, Can thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day, and 
there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men, which rode upon the camel and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither son nor daughter, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drove before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. Praise the Lord. Like I said, just keep reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it till we are done next Sunday. And um, each time you read it, you get you catch a revelation. Try to read it, not just to read, but to study and we see what the Lord will reveal to you through it concerning you as a person. I believe we are praying, are we? I believe we are fasting, are we? Some people say, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I believe we are praying. I believe we are fasting. All right, better fast, okay? This is your time to recover all. I believe you are determined to get back all that the enemy has stolen from you. That is very important. God did not pursue for David. God did not overtake for David. And God did not recover physically for David. God only enabled David, but David had to pursue. And it was the one that overtook. And the one that recovered all. Listen to me, without fail, you will recover all in Jesus' name. You know, before the recovery prayer that I want us to do today, I know we're praying at home, but I just want us to do some kind of prayer with this. Let's talk a little bit about Ziglag experience and how it relates to us in our today's life. Let's talk a little bit about this Ziglag experience and how that experience relates to us as the morning day Christians and uh, people that are living in this time and age. You know, Ziglag experience with David was a physical one, physical, natural one, okay? It wasn't a spiritual one. But it also has a very strong spiritual implication in David's life. But he experienced the burning of his place, he experienced the taking away of his wives and children and experienced the invasion of Ziglag and taking away the things that belonged to himself and his friends. It was physical, it was real, it wasn't a dream, it wasn't a dream life, it wasn't a make-believe, it was a natural experience that David got. He actually did the whipping himself with his friends till it wasn't even possible for them to whip again and they were just groaning. The pain was too much, the loss was too much, the agony was too much. The problem was overwhelming. But in all, the story never ended like that. In our own case, as living beings in this time and in this dispensation, we're having this kind of experience more of the spiritual than the physical. Yes, some people have some physical Ziglag experience where they are attacked and they, they, I mean, not too long ago you can see that some people's uh, means of livelihood and business were raided and everything that they got and be working for and be saving all life was raised down and all that and you can imagine the weeping. I saw one woman weeping and in Surulere and I saw that I said this one was not just an ordinary weeping. She felt her life had been sunk. She was rolling and crying. I mean, it's like, where am I going to start from? That was a typical Ziglag natural experience. But I tell you, we don't so much always have it as in so much natural, but there is also a spiritual Ziglag experience where the enemy has come to take what belongs to you that's supposed to be your own and uh, hold those things in captivity and you find yourself operating where belong who you're supposed to be 
and you find yourself struggling with life when you are supposed to be enjoying the best of life by your covenant blessing in God. But no matter wherever it comes, spiritually or physically, you are recovering all in Jesus' name. I say we are recovering all in Jesus' name. So the invasion of Ziglag can happen in the realm of the spiritual to a whole lot of us. And it can also happen in the realm of physical. A situation where you know, or may not necessarily know, but it's a fact that the enemy has tampered or have taken your star or your glory or your destiny or your blessing and by application, whatever comes with it. Now in the hands of the enemy. A situation where you are not where or who you are meant to be because the enemy has interfered with your destiny and you have become a mere shadow of whom God has created you to be. The devil is a liar. Now imagine that the enemy took all the belongings of David and uh, his men and David and his men did not recover what the enemy stole. Just imagine it. They came to Ziglag. They took everything. Their wives, their children, their properties and everything that they had and burned their city. Just imagine that David and his people did not recover those things their life would have been so badly messed up. They would have lost everything and even forever because the enemy was not playing games. The enemy would not negotiate with them to give them back what belonged to them. It was not a kidnap. It was a taking over. The attack was real. The The taking away of their belongings was real. But the recovery only became real because David and his people pursued. That means that if they never pursued, they will never have recovered anything. And there's nothing the Lord will do about it. The Bible said, my people perish or are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you do what you ought to do, you will be what you ought to be. I tell you for free, there are so many persons that have lived and died with their destinies in the hands of other people and they never got to fulfill their own destiny and there are people that are still living right now that are very far from fulfilling their own destiny because their destinies have been swapped and their destinies are in the hands of other people and they are just not who they are supposed to be some has used their destiny to get position in the occult world. Some has used their destiny to get position in political world. Some has used their destiny to get money, used their star to become great. Meanwhile, the one that has those destiny are walking around like servants on the streets where they're supposed to be riding on horses. It's an abnormality, but that's what the devil does. That is what the devil does. Destiny swap is real. It's happening, it has been happening, and it's happening even now as we speak. Devil has so much mastered it and specialized on that. And that is why at times when you go to them, go to the occult people, they say, bring somebody. And bring somebody means that person will be offered in the altar of their sacrifice uh, so that you can become something that you will never have become without you bringing that person. Praise the Lord. Again, the devil is a liar. I don't care. The devil has lied in Jesus' name. This is what we are here to deal with. Unfulfilled destiny is real in the life of so many persons. But I want to tell you that unfulfilled destiny will never be the portion of any member of this ministry in Jesus' name. We shall all fulfill our destinies. In the name of Jesus. People will no more look at you and say, you are supposed to be bigger than this. No. That's the thing of the past. Hallelujah. You know, that incident would have led David 
losing his God-given throne as the king of Israel that he was anointed to be. That incident. And I'm sure when he was crying and crying and he had no strength to cry. He wasn't so much crying, I believe, not because of the wives and all that. He was crying that his destiny has been tampered and messed up. And for all you care, he would have died in that place because the people that were with him had planned to stone him to death. If he had died, would he have become the king of Israel? The answer is what? No. So he would have been killed prematurely if he had continued weeping without going to God for solution. I pause there to say this. So many people play empathy and sympathy for themselves and um, want to cry and weep for their misfortune and they will blame everybody blame their father, blame their friends blame dupers blame con men that took their money blame uh, uh, NSAS that burnt their I mean you can blame anybody you want to blame the fact is that you have um, a crisis in your hands and um, you can cry as much as you want to cry, weep as much as you want to weep don't eat, don't eh, you know, just, just begin to weep if you don't take the action, you will die in that weeping and nothing will happen because it has happened what has happened to terminate your life. The weeping and the mourning wouldn't help any situation. You don't do anything over a spill milk. But there's something you can do. You get a brand new milk. Praise the Lord. And so... David did what he's supposed to do after he had done what he was not really supposed to dwell on was crying and weeping and mourning and he had no strength to cry anymore and he was still sobbing and all of a sudden they were now saying this stupid David you think we cried that we bring our things you want to rather kill you and if possible kill ourselves so that we know we have lost everything and David realized and said these guys will kill me indeed. They will stone me to death. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Remember where he was coming from, that he had never been held by anybody except God. And anybody God brought his way to help him, he just the person is privileged to help because God is his helper. He has already said it. I run unto the hills where I commit my help. My help coming from the Lord, the maker of heavens and the earth. Nobody's associated without help. And I want to let you know that anyone that helps you is privileged to help you because God is the one that has helped. Use that person to help you in one way or the other. No one is God but God. Praise the Lord. Just like I heard Pastor Helen say that God can prosper an unbeliever because he wants to use that unbeliever to prosper. You don't have to be a believer. And that is why you have that covenant of well transfer from the unjust that means the unjust has been given the permission the right the power to make wealth but then they have marked it out they have marked it at the end of the time for you the just but you need to know how to tap into into that covenant and get what belongs to you listen to me your time of recovery has come and so you will not die Till you fulfill your destiny in Jesus' name. We must understand that it is a natural reality that everyone at some point in life will go through a zigzag experience. Whether you are the righteous, whether you are a saint, whether you are a child of God or a sinner. You know, when Fasai last Sunday, what did what crime did David commit? To have necessitated that kind of catalepsy that befell him. Not that I know and not that the Bible has told us. And not that God has frowned about and said I'm going to bring this to punish you. But the difference is how the people handle their own experience. Somehow had this experience and died with the experience. But how some has had experience and picked themselves up dust their bodies and confront their problems and they became who God had always planned for them to be it's a thing of the mind it's a thing of the heart 
It's also, it also had to do with your conviction about the fact that God has said a thing. And if God said a thing concerning you, there is nothing, no situation that will ever stop it from manifesting. So this is why the Lord is leading us through this in this NBF fasting and prayer. Not just for, no, for us to know how to recover, but to actually recover indeed what belongs to us. Hallelujah. For you to actually recover indeed what belongs to you. So the Ziegler experience might be tough, but it's never the end of the life story. It's just a phase of life that at some point we go through. There is always hope in Ziegler, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. There is always hope in crisis of life. There is always hope in the Ziegler experience of life. When they were weeping and mourning, they never knew that there could be hope. Till David had to encourage himself in the Lord and began to inquire, Can I push you? Will I be able to overtake? God said, Please push you. For you will overtake. And without fail, recover all. I prophesy again to you that you are recovering all. In this mountain, in this experience, in this time and season, in this fasting and prayer, you are recovering all in Jesus' name. But you see, you need to know what to do, which is no other thing than for you to go after the enemy and take what belongs to you for yourself. You know, I kind of like what Pastor Amos posted yesterday regarding this. And he said that the enemy will not welcome you and smile and apologetically hand over your stuff that is stole from you just because you fast and pray. Meaning that not just because you fast and pray, the enemy will now begin to say, okay, come and take what belongs to you. And the father went and said, there is something you need to do even in the fasting and the prayer and that is to take action to recover what actually belongs to you and that's the truth so the fasting and the prayer prepares us in the realm of the spirits to actually go into the realm of the spiritual and go to the enemy's camp identify what belongs to us and begin to take them over and begin to recover all so there has to be action. Listen, it's a personal thing. Nobody will recover for you. It is you that have to recover for yourself. It's you that have to recover for yourself. It's you that have to do the fasting. It's you that have to do the prayer. It's you have to be determined. You see that it's you that have to, you know, be focused to get to know that enough is enough. I cannot be living this kind of life where I'm supposed to be better. You know, this 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 year is a self year. And um, it's like saying you have a blank check. The ball is in your court. That's a proverb in my place that says, if you know how to pound, you pound in the mortar. If you don't know how to pound, you pound in the sand. It's your option. And if you pound in the sand, you eat the food that is sandy. You know, I mean, it's just a very proper way of saying you have your destiny in your hand, you know what to do to be able to have the best of life. If you don't do it, nobody's doing it for you. You know, it's it's, uh, it's selling now, it's a good it's a good business now. Prayer, prayer contractor, prayer contractor. You contract them, come and pray for me, and they will deceive you. They're praying for you. They have not prayed for themselves. Prayer contractor, man of God, pray for me, pray for me. I don't have any problem. You come into your pastor and say, please support me in prayer. That is the right thing to do. But for you to be going from one, from pillar to pole, from one program to the other, from one man of God to the other, and asking for prayer, you don't know who you are. Go and get what belongs to you. And the Lord will give it you in Jesus' name. What to do? In summary, just like David, when you have this kind of a crisis, for example, a physical one, encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't spend time weeping and mourning. Encourage yourself in the Lord. 
Encourage yourself. I said, this weeping is not helping me. This money is not helping me. This thing has happened. I want to encourage myself and I want to believe in my God. You encourage yourself that if God started it, he will complete it. If God saw it happen, he will change it for you. So when you encourage yourself in the Lord, you run to him and don't run out of him. No matter what you have done that is wrong. There's no better place to be but the place where God is. Go to him and say, Lord, I've sinned. I messed up. I did something wrong. He will always bring you back. So don't run away from God. In the times of your crisis, there's no other option but God. So you need to depend on him. Trust him. Build up your most holy faith in God. Be determined that God is on your side. And if God is on your side or by your side, you are there to recover everything that the enemy has tampered with. After you have um, run to God and encouraged yourself and uh, trust God and depended on God and summon up your faith, then you pursue. Don't leave the enemy to have your destiny. Pursue yourself. Pursue. Don't behave like that little boy. I said, Daddy, 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 that uncle has taken my toy. Go and get it for me. That's why you need to grow up. David killed Goliath when David was much, much younger, much, much smaller, much, much inexperienced than Goliath he went after his own destiny grow up stop organizing contractors grow up fast, pray spend time at night to call on your God spend time at night to deal with the powers of the enemy because your destiny is hooked up to that so that no man can say I made you you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't want to go so far in that. Don't mind that man. He's not riding all the best cars in the world. I remember when he came to me. <laughs> I remember when we had to fast and pray about his son. Look at him now. I had a pastor friend, well, it's not a friend, he's just somebody that came to my house. Somehow, somehow we just get to know him through somebody, and he came and uh, he was just saying, uh, very close to your house there, somewhere in Nikoi, that guy, you don't you know him? You know, I mean, I, 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 I when I, I started hearing those, I, 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 I got pissed off. I know what I did in his own case. I know how I went to the mountain, I know how, you know. I know, I know, I, 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 not God anymore. Because you submitted yourself and he kind of think he labored for you. Maybe he helped you. I don't know how he got it, but then I know that no one can help anybody if God does not enable him. So the glory must go to God ultimately. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, the final thing is for you to pursue. And when you pursue, you must realize the following. Don't look or wait for others. When you are pursuing after your own... Listen, they came to Ziglag. They took the wives of people. If they took my wife and I want to pursue... I'm not pursuing to take another person's wife. I am pursuing to take my wife back. Am I understood? So I need to be determined to take my own, what belongs to me. So if I'm pursuing to go and take my wife, I will not look at somebody else that doesn't want to go and take his own wife or children I don't want to look at somebody else that would discourage me from going to do what I know I need to do. I don't need to be distracted by anybody or dragged down or discouraged by their negativity. Saying it is not possible now. You know they are so powerful they have gone. If you don't want to pursue, I will pursue. 
If you think you cannot overtake, I know I will overtake. It's a personal conviction. Joshua and Caleb said, let us go to that land for we were able to overcome them. The ten said, no, it's not possible. Let every man be liar and God remains the truth. Don't listen to those that will give you those negative stuff. They are the enemies of your destiny. Drop them and be soft and move on to inheriting your inheritance. Look not at their faces. Go after your own destiny. Leave them behind. They will always come to celebrate you or celebrate with you when you succeed. You don't need their strength. You don't need their power. You don't need their ability. You need God's strength. Gideon defeated the Midianites, the enemy of the of the people of God with only 300 men as against 32,000 able-bodied men that started it. 32,000 and he defeated them with 300, you know the story, from 32,000 to 10,000 to, you know. It's not by might, it's not by power. It takes the spirit of the living God to do exploit. The victory in battle of life is never for the physically strong but those that do know their God the next point is that you must be sensitive there is always help on the way but if you are not sensitive you might not see the help when it came the Egyptian boy was positioned to help and the mystery of it is that that boy was positioned immediately after that crisis. The Bible said it was three days that he has been left or set aside that he could not follow his people. God did it on orchestrate and he was waiting for them to come. Without knowing it, God has positioned him three days earlier. And on the third day when these guys came, they saw him. And they said, who are you? Where are you coming from? What happened? They said, three days ago. And they would have said, ah, same three days. Yes. It's just like the story of Elijah and the brook of Cherish. That God has commanded the ravens to go and feed Elijah. And he said, go to the brook called Cherish. Well, I commanded the ravens to feed it there. God had actually programmed for the reverend to be going there to feed Elijah. So if Elijah refused to go, it's not God's problem. If he didn't understand that or he didn't get so you know, spiritually alert to, to hear God, the reverend would have actually been ready to do his job or their job, but Elijah would have missed out. Be very sensitive, friends. Help is on the way. You know, you know, the truth is that you think that the help will come from the people you know. Or you think that the help will come from the people you had imagined. That somebody helped you yesterday does not mean you will keep helping you. Otherwise, you become your helper. Is it not? He helped you yesterday. That was great. Then when you need again, you go again. After a time, you will become your helper. Your helper. But God is so big that when somebody helped you once, and that's fine. And maybe help you again. And, but after a time, God might decide not to use the person. It's not the person's fault. God still wants to be God over your life. Don't blame the person because anyone God has used to help you must be celebrated, must be honored, must be blessed at any time. But it's not your helper. So God will not bring somebody else. Ah, I didn't know that help can come from unbeliever, an Egyptian boy. I don't know the help can come. Listen, somebody, be sensitive for help is coming your way. <laughs> I look onto the hills <laughs> where my help comes from. Hallelujah. Now be focused and avoid every form of distraction because it's a serious life battle. Don't don't be distracted. Don't look at anything. Like now, you know, I put my face like a flint. 
I believe it's an opportunity. I'm not going to get any, allow anything to distract me. I am not. You know, this one, this one, after this battle, I'm taking everything over. I'm taking everything. Because I know that there are so many things that I, I rightly own in the realm of the spirit that is still in the hands of the enemy. I'm talking about my personal self. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced about it. I told you many years ago, some time ago, uh, in my prayer and fasting, the Lord led me to a place in my dream. And um, they opened the gate for me and I got there. And somebody said, this is where your cars were parked. This is where. And I said, really? And I began to dig. It was, a, it was ground. I began to dig. I began to dig. And I saw, and I began to bring out my cars. I don't know how, it, you know how a dream is. You can carry a plane in your dream, you know. All right, so I began to bring out my cars, and I, you know, and there were so many. I began to bring, and then, you know, then I began to bring, and all of a sudden somebody challenged me and all that, and I began to bring. But I, I, I got some. Then I now went to. We are going to get there before we close. I now went to the strong man of the place, somewhere, you know, a little bit inside, and then, and he said, "Who are you?" I said, "Who? Are, this is who I am." I said, "You took my things and you kept them there." He said, what do you think you do? I said, I've come to collect my things and I'm taking them. And um, he asked the people to fight me and they couldn't stand me. I didn't know how my body was, you know, when God has empowered you. And, um, and I was dealing with them, you know, like karate kind of. And a strong man went and hid himself. So I came down and began to drive my cars away. Not too long I began, because then I was doing Okada, no, not Okada, I was doing Danfo. I wasn't doing Molu. I don't like Molu actually, because I've left my job and lost my job. So I was in Lagos and I was doing all the Molu, and all the all the damn fools and all that, and struggling with my white shirt, neatly dressed, all right, and um, getting my shirt messed up. But then after that, I began to buy cars. Things changed. I recovered. But I can tell you for free that I know there are still buildings, there are still cars, there are still all the Lamborghinis and all the... Don't think I'm carnal. What is yours is yours, all right? All the airplanes and whatever it is that are still there that I need to recover for the, to the glory of God because God has given them to me. And this time, that's why I'm, I'm just telling you because I say I'm focused like a flint. I am not looking sideways because I know this is real. This battle is real and the enemy is mad. <laughs> you will see what will happen after now <laughs> praise the Lord and I wish that for you too that you recover everything that the enemy has taken from you so the next one is that you have to fight with faith I will take it with a mindset of victory I will win and the mindset of recovery I will recover not just to fulfill all righteousness. They say we are fasting and the team of the fasting is um, operation recovering all. So let's fast. Anytime I like, I fast. Anytime I like, I don't fast. I pray. Why should I really? I pray now. Father, thank you for everything. You're not ready for warfare. You know, you're not ready for what? <laughs> for warfare. If you have been playing with it from now, this moment going forward, please don't pray with it. I mean, don't play with it. Be very serious and determined to take everything that God has given to you. Hallelujah. The Bible said that with God, we can run through the troops. And we can live over the world. So I know you will recover all. Not only will you recover, you will recover all. Not only will you recover all, you will take what belongs to the enemy. The Bible said that David spoiled the enemy and took other things that did not belong to them and they call it David's spoil. Now we're going to pray for a few minutes as we round up. I want you to stand to your feet. First, I want you to submit yourself to God. Take up the righteousness of Christ. Ask for forgiveness of sins. If there be any sin in your life, just ask God, please forgive me, cleanse me from unrighteousness. I come before you, pleading the blood of Jesus upon me. I come before you with the blood, pleading the blood of Jesus that you make me righteous and make me worthy to go into the enemy's camp to take what belongs to me. That the accuser of the brethren did not have anything to accuse me with because once your blood cleans me, I become clean and purified in the realm of the Spirit. Just ask the Lord to quickly, 
you know, cleanse you, pour his, the blood of Jesus upon you and wash you pure. Because you are going into the realm of the spirit right now to do battle. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood that cleanses us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus said in the book of Mark chapter 3 verse 27, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his good, except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, Jesus was saying. Except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. We have the power to bind and the power to lose and if you want to take what belongs to you, I tell you for free, that there are strong men that are holding those things. I told you how I confronted the strong man that was holding my blessing some time ago. There is always the strong man. I don't know where your strong man is, whether there are those demons in your village or in the city or wherever. But there's always somebody that takes, that takes custody and says, let us see how we can take this thing. There is a strong man on the plate. Jesus said, before you take what belongs to you or the strong man, you have to first bind the strong man and you can't bind without the word of God. You need to pronounce binding. And now I want you to go into the realm of the spirit and begin to say that every strong man that is holding my blessing, I bind you in the name of Jesus. 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 Wherever you are, Wherever you are, wherever you are coming from, in the land, in the water, in the sea, in the ocean, in the atmosphere, on earth and on earth benight, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you, whatever name you are called, whatever way you are, in the village, in my village, in the city, wherever I might be, the enemy that is holding my, my blessing, I bind you, the strong man of my blessing and my possession and my heritage, I bind you right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I bind you, I bind you, I bind you, and I frustrate your powers. You can't do anything to me. You can't do anything to me again. You can't hold my blessing again. I bind you in the name of Jesus. 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 I bind you in the mighty name of Jesus. Every strong man that is holding my inheritance, my blessing. I bind you, I bind you, that is holding my star. Holding my destiny, I bind you wherever you are. I bind you, I frustrate you, and bind all your cords, all your bodyguards. I bind them, I bind them, I bind them. All your powers, I bind, I bind everything that you have used to, to hold in captivity. My blessing. I bind you, every strong man that is holding my blessing, that is holding the blessing and the manifestation of the lighted church. I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. That is holding our blessing, that is holding our destiny as a ministry. I bind you and I bind you under the authority given to me by Jesus Christ, who I serve, who I represent on earth. I bind your powers now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. I tell you, those powers are bound. In the name of Jesus. They are bound in the name of Jesus. Now the next thing is just very simple. You begin to do warfare for your recovery. Begin to recover. When you bind the one that is holding watch with all manners of um, sword and flaming sword and you bind him and his power and you are seeing what is yours who are you afraid of nobody, the power is messed up, all the bodyguards are bound you begin to take your glory 
you begin to take your staff. You begin to take your husband or your wife or your marriage or your children or your children's destiny. You have money, all kinds of money that have been buried in all currencies of, of the world. Begin to take your business, begin to take your career enhancement, begin to take your cars like I did sometime. Begin to take your houses, begin to take your inheritance, begin to take your favor now. This is the time to take what belongs to you, to recover all. Begin to take your children, begin to take your favor, begin to take your throne that somebody is sitting upon. Begin to take your honor, begin to take your health that the enemy has been messing up, begin to take your ministry. This is something you need to do for God that will bring you prosperity and blessing in eternity. That will put you in a place of glory. Begin to take your ministry. Begin to take your ministry. Begin to take your health. Begin to take your honor. Begin to take your throne. Begin to take your favor. Begin to take your inheritance. Begin to take your houses. Begin to take your cars. Begin to take your businesses. Begin to take your career. Begin to take your money. Begin to take your children. Begin to take your children's destiny. Begin to take your wife or your husband. Begin to take your peace. Begin to take your marriage back. Begin to take your marriage back. That the enemy has messed up and hid him somewhere. And there's always trouble in the house. Begin to take your children's destiny. That the enemy has tampered with. That is making them not to pass. Or making them not to excel. Or making them to misbehave. Or have turned their mind into something else. Begin to take your children's destiny. That the enemy has messed up. The enemy has changed. The enemy has frustrated. That's not the way you bond them. That's not what you wish for them. That is not the way they are supposed to manifest. But the enemy has messed up their minds. The enemy has messed up their being. And they are involving in things that they are not supposed to involve in. Begin to take them back now. Begin to take them back now. By force. Begin to take them back now. The glory of your children. Your money. Your staff. Your glory. Your inheritance. Your ministry. Everything that belongs to you. Are you praying or you are not praying? I am taking mine. That is what I do every night. Last night I did it. I do it every time. I take back. I am taking back now my money, my glory, my star, the peace in my home, taking back the destiny of my children. I take back my businesses. I take back my properties, my cars, my houses, my land, my inheritance. I take back my favor that God has given to me that the enemy has tampered with. I take back my throne where I reign. I take back my honor. 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 I take back my divine health. I take back my ministry. I take back the members of the lighted church that the enemy has messed up their minds. I take them back, those that God has brought here to prosper, that the enemy has driven away. I take them back in the name of the Spirit that they begin to come and prosper and find destiny and find fulfillment in life. I take I take the blessing of God in our lives. I take it. I take it. I recover. We begin to recover. We begin to recover. I begin to recover my money, my blessings, my houses, my wealth, my riches, my honor, my health, my glory, my star. In the name of Jesus, I begin to take those things that the enemy has stolen from my life, whether I know them or not, I, I don't know them. But as long as the enemy has stolen them, I'm taking them back. I'm taking them back. I'm taking them back. My peace, my joy, my marriage, my glory, my business, my dominion, my excellence. I take them back in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want to tell you this very important story. Do you have a Bible with you? If you open to 1 Samuel chapter 30, I'm running up actually. Alright? I just wanted to open it. It's a, very, it's a very practical thing. Just 1 Samuel chapter number 30. Are you there? Open to the next chapter. What is the next chapter? 31. How many of you have titles on, on chapters in the um, in their Bible. How many of you have titles? You know, like you see a chapter, there is a heading. Do you have heading in your Bible? What what is the heading there? All right. My Bible says 
Saul's death. Saul's death. After the encounter of Ziklag in 30 of 1 Samuel, the next thing that happened is the one that sat on the throne that God has given to David died. That's the next chapter after the story of the struggle in Ziklag. The one that refused for him to reign, even when God has anointed him, the one that said, let me see how he will reign, the one that was chasing him to kill him, that drove him into that Ziklag that he found himself in that trouble. God himself orchestrated to kill him and the Bible said that Saul died. And when Saul died, the coast was not clear for Samuel, I mean, for David to come and reign in Israel and become the king that he was anointed to be. I don't know how I want to do this prayer. <laughs> I don't know what I want to be religious about it, but anyhow, if you want to be you know, dissent about the prayer, I don't know. But I just want to ask you a question. Who was Saul to David? The enemy of the throne of David was called Saul. The one who refused to allow David to fulfill his destiny is called Saul. The one who will not want David to reign as king over Israel, as God has anointed him, is called Saul. The one who wants to kill David before his time, so as to terminate David's destiny, is called Saul. The one that drove David to the bush, where he had all those uh, Abdullam experience and Ziklag experience and all the horrible rejections and problems, his name is called Saul. Now listen to me. If you allow me to prophesy to you before you do this final prayer, after this fasting and prayer, the next chapter that will happen to your life is the chapter that happened to the life of David where he saw died. I don't know who your saw is that has been sitting on your position or trying to take your wife or trying to take your husband or trying to take your blessing or trying to take your business or trying to take your throne. Now what happened to the soul of David will happen to them now in the name of Jesus. Now begin to pray. Now begin to pray that the next chapter of my life after this fasting and prayer is that my soul will die. The one that won't want me to reign. The one that won't want me to sit on my throne. The one that won't want me to have the fulfillment of my destiny. The one that won't want me to have the best of my, my wife. The best of my children. The best of my life. That won't want me to have the best of my business. That won't want me to have my money. That won't want me to have my throne. That I will reign. That won't want me to have my ministry. What happened to Saul will happen to them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 my next chapter is seeing me free from all the oppressions of Saul because Saul would have gone and my throne is left for me. He is no more going to sit on my throne or my inheritance anymore. In the name of Jesus, the time for me to reign and fulfill my destiny has come. Now is the time in Jesus' name. Samori kese kataka neke saka Pronde seya kasike neke saka Tika katina Sekerige prokodeke seki takarmose Teregerege moshenda Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Saul must die Saya kapo kaka kese Takarike po He took my destiny he took my business. He took my ministry. He took my throne. He took my blessing. He took my money and sat on it. This is the time for Saul to die. The soul of my life. You are no more living beyond this fasting. I decree it. Because everything that belongs to me must come to me. You can't sit on my blessing anymore. You can't sit on my blessing anymore. You can't sit on the blessing of the lighted church members anymore. You can't sit on the blessing of God's people in this church anymore. You can't sit on my on blessing anymore. The time is over. You had a few days for some time and you chased me to the wilderness of life. But the time is over.
recovering all. I am recovering all. My throne, my money, my blessings, my inheritance, my son, my destiny. And you are gone, Saul. You are gone, Saul. The Lord is taking you away from existence, Saul. mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. The fasting continues. The prayer continues. The operation recovering all continues. Mark my word. It will not be the same anymore. No. The whole world will hear that this is your new dawn indeed. It's my new dawn indeed. You know the experience of the new dawn where they kept Jesus. Where they kept him thought they had finished him. That third day the whole place was shaking and the Holy Ghost came and took Jesus away from the tomb and it became a new dawn for him. He resurrected from the dead and he was no more where the enemy had kept him. This is my new dawn experience. This is your new dawn experience. You are no more going to be where the enemy has kept you. Thinking that they had an advantage over your life. From today you are free in the name of Jesus. Please listen to me under this grace. Remember the Bible said that David recovered all. Can somebody say all? all? Can somebody say all? all? I want to emphasize this all. Because I don't want you to be comfortable with what is working in your life and console yourself with that. There is a mandate in this church that we are all going to be all that Jesus paid the price for and want us to be. Uh, well, I, 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 at least I'm not married and I have children. Even when there's no money, I'm a born again Christian, I can go to heaven. I know that um, I don't need to have cars, I don't need to have anything. Uh, the devil, you can take, you can take the cars, you can take the houses, uh, or the devil, you can take the destiny of my children. It doesn't really matter as long as I am happy. <laughs> don't ever settle for something that you think is working for you. Everything that God gave to you must come to you. Don't encourage yourself with something that is working because some are not working. You have to take all. I would have said after that experience of taking a few cars and all that, and God helped me, I had a few cars and a few things. Okay, I would have said, Okay, the other things can wait, the other things can rest. It doesn't matter. Well, what, what do we need things for? I know that I am bigger than who I am right now. And I don't want to continue living my life the way I am now because I have to take everything that God has destined for me. The whole lot has happened and people have tampered with my destiny and all that. And I know the soul is dying. The souls of my life, they are dying. And I'm taking everything that belongs to me. Now, what am I trying to say? Don't encourage yourself or take solace with something that is working. You are meant to take all. David took all. I didn't. Or you didn't just only take all. He took from the enemy. So please, if you don't want to war because of what is working, war for what is not working. Check yourself. Don't joke with this. The enemy has held that blessing for too long. And you have been crying for too long. And at times you have given up on some things and encouraged yourself on other things for too long. That is not what God wants from you. God wants you to recover all that the enemy has stolen from you. Some people have some very beautiful marriage and all of a sudden crisis came. And we are saying, they don't even marry in heaven. They can, they marry can go. <laughs> But it wasn't really the intention of God for that thing to happen. So don't be comfortable with it. If it's of God, then go and take it. You understand what I'm talking about? 
How? <laughs> the enemy has held what belonged to you for too long. You are stolen glory. It's coming back to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Lighter Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow the Lighter Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.